days. Ayobami Befaluye is a policy analyst, a research professional, and the convener of the Youth Quake of Nigeria. Good afternoon, Ayobami Be. Good afternoon. Okay, my name is Dami Lola Ayekwela, and let's get straight to business. Some have claimed that in Nigeria, as a whole, the local government is only the 30th of government, while some would say, okay, it's not even the 30th of government. And naturally, local governments are created in order to bring governance and rural development closer to the people of the state. And at the end of the day, it seems as if the state government is overpowering and overshadowing all what the local governments are supposed to do. What is your, what is your take on this assertion? Yes, of course, um, local governments are supposed to be the closest um, tier of government to the people at the grassroots, um, as you said, and um, everywhere else in the world, of course, uh, that's the way it is. Uh, for me, local government uh, has, has, has not really been functioning to its full capacity and um, a lot of underlying factors uh, to that uh, has always been identified. I think prior to, um, was it 2001 or thereabout, we still had to a large extent some form of, you know, uh, local government uh, um, effectiveness. But um, once the local government and the state government joined um, accounts, once they joined their accounts, of course, you know, uh, the, the, the government, the state government began to take the roles of, of, of the local government. And since then, it's almost been almost um, impossible for us to see the local governments doing what they're supposed to be doing, um, you know, providing a very conducive society for the people at the grassroots. Before we go into the local government transition committee, let us take a look at local government chairman and councillors as a whole. They go through electoral processes. People come out to vote for them and the likes. Some have always claimed that local government elections in each state is much more of a selection not election because they say it is difficult before you see somebody from the opposition party having a seat or you see candidates even in except a, a situation whereby somebody is so popular in that area or environment that is when they would have the opportunity to be in the ruling party or in the ruling class why is this so uh, well um the laws that actually govern how um, local government officials are elected into office is, is already uh, biased. You know, it has a key leg from the onset. Has it so? Yes. Um, if you look at the electoral process, there's a state electoral um, committee or commission that's supposed to uh, be in charge of local government elections. And the state government actually uh, appropriates money for the survival of this electoral committee, are you are you are I'm you following? Are you getting it? So so you see that, um, and they say he would dictate um, the piper. Okay, yeah, I, I don't know how to put the adage again. He would uh, dictate the tunes. I mean, he would dictate the piper, piper calls the tunes. Calls the tunes. Yes, thank you. So you can actually view it from that perspective. So that's why your assertion about being hard for opposition uh, party candidates to emerge at the local government electionary level is, is of course, um, nothing but the fact. 
uh, when the piper you know dictates the tune in the sense that the state government is in charge of uh, financing the budget of the electoral body you know there's already an association that you know can be called uh, a biased uh, you know association already so of course it may be hard for um, those electoral committee uh, to really carry out their constitutional uh, functions without um, um, being sentimental or being biased so in most cases you end up having the whole um, process structured out to only uh, help or assist uh, the ruling party you said we end up having that why do we end up getting to that because some will always tell you that if they are they don't know or they are not familiar with the county law in their local government talk less of the chairman that does not even come to work how do you expect them to say okay i voted for this person at the end of the day the person i voted for was not the man on the seat he's not the man being sworn in is there a problem between voting elections and after elections uh, well naturally uh, or let me just say from 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 the way things go in nigeria in fact our, our turnout to elections are, is actually um, i think is reducing turnout to elections yes okay so you could see that um, we ourselves as citizens are not really putting too much into um the system the electo- electioneering process and why is this so uh, well, there are many factors to it. Over time, there is, you know, um, redundancy of um, of of, of um, effort, uh, in the sense that people in the past have gone to queue in the sun, and they, right before their eyes, they saw how um, electioneering malpractices, you know, dashed their hopes of electing to office their, you know, preferred candidate, and over time. Uh, they lost hope in the entire process. And rather than coming out to vote, they prefer to watch African Magic on election days. <laughs> and if they manage to even go to vote, uh, they prefer to hand them into the hands of God for the entire four years. Even if the driver of, of the bus in which they are in uh, knocks the bus and everybody into the lagoon. You know, so it's, 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 it's really a comprehensive... That's one perspective of why we are having you know, a lackadaisical approach to accountability on the part of the citizens. You know, we are not really holding uh, the people in positions of power to, you know, we are not, we are not holding them uh, to account, to, uh, to account for their, uh, for, their deed. for their deeds while in office. Okay. Some have also laid credence at the fact that there is always drama and chaos associated with transition committees take a look at our neighboring state or your state there's been the back and forth from the algon this is not right this is this this is that and in Ogun state let us streamline into the topic of the day Ogun state's local government transition committee the hopes and challenges some citizens have said that there is nothing going to be different in this particular transition committee because there is nothing they can really do except the governor assent to everything they do that even local government chairman don't even have a say in how the local governments have been run how true could that be uh, well you know our situation is um, quite pathetic 
because um, transition committees are not recognized by, you know, uh, it's not a statutory approach to local government governance. Okay. The statutory approach is um, conducting a fair, free election at the local government level where people have the, you know, opportunity to elect the people they want to govern them into offices, irrespective of parties and um, all of our affiliations that they might have. You understand? But unfortunately, we are not having that. Uh, and uh, anybody that understands the silence that actually happened to the local governments will really appreciate that um, a transition committee is even coming on board. So for now, I don't know, we are just in between a loss and loss situation, which we are hoping uh, to turn around to something good. I hope that in the nearest short period of time, um, the due process of electing people to man the affairs of the local governments will be put in place. Uh, but for now, uh, we have to be realistic with what we have and um, hope for the best and also be able to highlight the challenges that may be um, ahead of us. Challenges ahead of us. According to the Ogun State Governor, Prince Dakwabiodrin, stated that the elected chairman completed their turnouts in October 2019. The transition committees will be in place until the Ogun State Electoral Commission, OGSEC, conducts election to pick new council chairman. And according to statements by the Chief Press Secretary, Mr. Kunle Shomor and the new caretaker committee members were chosen in furtherance of the government's philosophy of inclusive and participatory governance. That is the key word, inclusive and participatory governance. Govern governance at the grassroots should be more of a, a furtherance and a continuum. But in Nigeria, we seem not to have that in the local government. If a critical community says, okay, at this point, we want to conduct 300 houses of pipe and water, for example, when the chairman and later sworn in, it might most times turn out to be a case of, we don't want this. Why are the citizens not being consulted? If you say governance is for them, why are they not being consulted before steps have been taken in their favor? Um, you see... Again, uh, the political class in our nation has been very gifted and talented. And um, they've been able to, you know, um, exercise the, the knowledge they have about the people, how laid back we are, how easy it is to, you know, uh, divert our attentions, to, you know, perpetuate um, a lot. The policy approach across board, almost everywhere in the country, even to the federal level, has always been from, you know, top-down approach. Top-down approach as how? Top-down approach in policy. They call top-down approach um, something you pick. You know, people at the top just decide for everybody. Okay. And they want to, you know... A few making the major rules for yeah. the, the majority. Yeah. Okay. Not really the majority. Now, they, they, they didn't ask for whatever you needed. A needs assessment was not done at the grassroots. So they just make the laws from above and they want to force it down on you. You understand? So ideally, we should be having a bottom-up approach 
of policy making where you have gone to inquire with the people that will be directly affected by the policies to find out where exactly the shoes they're wearing is paining them you know that that will make you um it will make your policy more evident based and it will really have um so much on the outcome when you try to implement such policies so so in in, in over time the people at the helms of affairs the political class have you know they've been able to you know lash on to that opportunity that people are you know laid back they really don't know there's little about awareness about things that goes on about uh, governance and policy so they, they take about they take that advantage and just prefer to make laws policies things without consulting the, the people, people are the grassroots. Okay, the people at the grassroots not been consulted. Some would say it is because the government has seen that they are political apathy. Or some would say it is due to lack of political participation from the people at the grassroots. The two. Sometimes some will also tell you it is not a case of political apathy nor political participation. It is simply a case of the way Nigerian politics has been situated. In the three, weak favors and which does not favor the people at the grassroots? Oh, well, out of the three, uh, I think the three of them are actually correct. Yeah, I don't know I don't know the approach I want to take it from. Anyhow, but, take but, it anyhow. But, but, but I think the three points are very, very, you know, uh, legal points that um, have actually affected, um, you know, um, citizen participation. Happy is there, you know, um, what did you call the second one again? Political participation. Political participation is low. And somebody's, the third person said it's because of the way the political space is structured. In Nigeria. Yes. I, I think that's also very, very, you know, uh, noteworthy. And um, I think that's a fundamental um, issue. Because let me tell you, people, people go through a lot on the day-to-day -day basis. And, like, um, what do they go through? There's, there's a lot of poverty in the land. Poverty. There's a lot of poverty in the land. And the truth is, uh, with poverty, you, you barely can do things, you know, sanely. I tell you. So somebody has not eaten, you tell them to come and go through the rigors of the electioneering process. Or you tell them, somebody's giving them 15 euros to vote for them and um, they won't collect it. They won't, you know, manipulate votes. You know, so this, this, and if you look at the process, it, it goes on like that. When somebody that is hungry, you know, collects money, is used as a vandal or used as a disruptor of electioneering process, is easily t gotten to the side of these people that perpetrate these stuff. It goes to an electioneering uh, poll, polling unit, it destroys everything there, scares everyone away. The people that came out and managed to come out will no want to come out again in the next election. So you see, everything is interwoven and, you know, all of these processes end up, you know, causing the apathy that we're talking about and reducing the participation of the citizens in decisions that matter to their lives. You're listening to Citizens Corner on Route 97.1 FM, the nation's very first reggae radio station, where we speak with different voices and we churn out one sound at the end of the day. And on Citizens Corner, we discuss topics that borders around citizens' participation and governance at all levels, across boards and particularly in Nigeria. Speaking about transition committees, 
Some have stated categorically that Abekuta North, for instance, has so many words, and other local governments has many words, Odo, Bolu, the Waterside, Ipokia, and the likes. Some would say some words are being given preference because they are in urban centers. Because I can recall during the last election, Abeokuta North does not only stop within Abeokuta. It extends to areas like Ishagao, really, and all of the likes. Will these transition committees be able to touch down on all aspects in all the words in each local government area? Uh, well, um, I'm not sure that I've actually been able to lay my hands on the terms of reference of the transition committee. Uh, but if they tell you that you are in charge of a local government, at that point in time, you're taking responsibility to be the leader of not a part of the local government, but the entire local government. So getting to um, certain words shouldn't be um, a tenable excuse on the parts of the people that have been saddled with the responsibility to lead this local government. So um, whether a local government is bigger or, you know, uh, is, has more words or no, you are a transition committee for sole local government. So you have to touch down on all the words in the local government. You have to touch down all the words in the local government. Speaking about challenges, citizens would always say at some point that it becomes almost impossible to be able to locate the elected officials. Now, these Ethical committees are political appointees. When citizens can't even talk to the people they elected, would they be able to speak to political appointees? Well, um, that question may actually be very subjective uh, because some of us actually have um, one way or the other where um, you know where we we'll meet up with these political office orders. Some and of us, speaking of some of us, the elites or the I mean, grassroots politicians? Amongst, amongst, the, amongst the grassroots um, community members, there are many of them that have access to, you know, these political office orders. And, um, of course, some of them are, part, as you said earlier, they are political appointees. They are thoroughbred political appointees, uh, appointees and, you know, uh, political players in the, you know, in the space. So, you expect them to have um, connections with their wards, with the political members of their parties in the wards. So they are already getting to the grassroots. You understand what I'm saying? I can so, understand. So, so uh, we can't completely say that there will be, you know, um, it will be completely difficult to get to them. The people but that it might be. Uh, it's possible. That's why I said it's subjective. It's relative. You know, for me, it may be difficult. Yes, because I'm not a card carry member of a party. You understand. So, but for people that are party members like these appointees, it won't be difficult. In fact, I know someone that said uh, the political, uh, the chairman of the transition committee of his local government, somebody that he has his number on the phone, on his phone. That if he calls him, he, he, he will pick up his call. How many people have access to these transition committee members? You know exactly what i'm saying that it's it's going to the, the the trend before these transition committees came into place was still being you know it will still be in place it won't disappear overnight where you know um access to political office orders are, is always kind of difficult you know but now now what i'm saying is that 
because this guy is a political appointee, we have a, 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 a chunk of party followers that will have access to them. And if some of us have access to them, it may not completely, um, how do I say it? It may, it may not completely, we may not completely be in the position to say that it is difficult to see them. You might say it's not difficult to see them speaking about the successes, the hope of the common man, the woman that sells Gary in a level really. How accessible, what is our hope? Of getting, of, to, of getting to see the transition committee chairman of the Belkuta North Local Government or the woman selling fish in Kwansheke in the evening. The, uh, what is the hope of getting a meaningful feedback from, from the Belkuta South Local Government chairman, Ketika committee? Hmm. Meaningful feedback. Um, having access to political holders in Nigeria can be difficult. Truth. Uh, and sometimes it does not even translate to meaningful feedbacks. Meaningful feedbacks, yeah. So how do we? How does a woman in you know the roadside selling something get the feedback from a political office holder like political appointee? Appointee. Well, I think uh, that's where the the media you know has a role to play. You know, the media you know should be able to bridge the gap when it comes to communication between uh, the political office holders and the citizens. And um, probably that's why a, a program like this is established by your, by your organization, and um, we are proud of it, and we, we acknowledge it. Yeah. So the media has that role to, to play, to, to bring forth uh, both the governed and um, the, 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 the leaders in the polity to, to, to be able to understand themselves, to get what is going on and all that then a lot of responsibility is on um, the political leaders. So to a large extent, for, for the media to do a thorough job, they also have to be extremely accountable and transparent. You understand? You, you don't budget, you don't do your budget presentation in isolation. You don't make um, access to you know, meaningful information difficult for um, not just the media, but everybody. So in this case, there's a lot of work that needs to be done. Uh, for us to actually conclude that um, uh, maybe there's hope or all hopes are dashed when it comes to you know getting positive, getting me reasonable feedback from public office holders or let me say uh, political appointees, such in the case of the transition committee uh, members. All right, before because we have close to two minutes on the show. Before we round off, my, my last question: What is your advice to the listener? As regards hopes, challenges of the Ogun State Caretaker Committee that is ju that has just been sworn in by the Ogun State Governor. Uh, well, um, you know, there's no thinking of the hopes and challenges um, that um, you need to think of, other than you performing um, your statutory constitutional responsibility. You know, you see, for citizens, we need to, you know, do more. We need to ask questions. We need to be interested. Uh, Yoruba will say that, uh, oh, Simbe, you don't understand. I can't understand. Oh, really? I can. <laughs> so, so, so you, you, you see, so from that perspective, I think citizens need to give more. We need to invest more in being interested 
uh, on how we are governed. People make rules and you know laws on our behalf, and we are not just interested. And when the whole thing comes out and is affecting us, as when we start crying, we need to follow governance step after step. And now we should start on a plain note because this um, committee has just been inaugurated shortly, just recently. Friday. Uh, so it's the right time to start. Let's find out the names of the people for our local governments. Let's know their phone numbers. Is there any communication line other than a phone number, social media handles? Where can we get to message you? Where can we get, you know, adequate information from what you're doing? And how can we get across to you? So these are the things that we should do as citizens on our paths before we start to hope, you know, for a local government that will carry out the statutory functions such as, uh, you know, maintaining law and other, uh, giving us infrastructure uh, at, the at the, you know, at the local government level. So these are the things we should look out to. Okay, thank you very much. It has been a wonderful tete a tete because I've learned and I'm sure our listeners at home have learned on how to ask the right questions. And my analyst so far is in person of Ayobamigbe Faluye, a policy analyst and the convener of the Youth Quake of Nigeria. Thank you very much, Ayobamigbe, for coming on the program. It's been wonderful being here. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And that is where I would be drawing the curtains on this week's edition of Citizens Corner. And I'll be dropping the anchor with a quote from myself. Keep doing you. The world is watching. My name is Damilola Ayekwela. While your work comes up next with Soma and Larry.